Love Life, featuring your hosts, Rebecca Detman and Jane Donovan. The sun shines bright as it moves across my face. I feel the light. By believing in myself, I release others from having to agree with me. Welcome to Love Life. I'm Rebecca Detman. And I'm Jane Donovan. And this is your weekly love, sex, relationships, emotional, spiritual show where we delve into all matters of life and we look at how we can live our lives from a better, healthier, happier, more embracing heart space, I would say. And we've got a gorgeous uh, letter today which came through, as they all do, direct message on Facebook because nobody really wants to talk about their real problems on the... (laughs) a news feed, which is fine. Um, it's from a younger guy. And again, we were, I think we were talking last week about we love that we're getting some really younger people listening in. You guys are going to change the world. And he says, I'm still growing in my self-work, but I'd love it if you'd have time to do a podcast on people who have to be right all the time. This is one of the negative traits I possess, and I'm trying very hard to locate the source and grow with it. Look at his language there. I mean, he's, so, he's so self-aware isn't already, isn't he? So... Gosh. People who have to be right all the time. So he actually means me. I have to be right all the time. And he wants. He, he, he recognizes that it's not a comfortable energy to have to carry through life, to have to always be rigid and right, to have to always be battling, to have to always be looking for a fight or you know, conducting a fight in life, energetically, emotionally, spiritually, physically, in all the ways that that may present. But he recognizes that there's a source to it, and that's what we're going to talk about today. Well, welcome to my world. <laughs> This was me, and I'm really happy to say it's past tense. Having said that, to be fair, it does flare up every now and again. Usually flares up when I my resistance is low. What's the trigger? Uh, well, it will come when I'm tired, when I've not had enough sleep, when I've not eaten well. Um, it when the things that make my body the resistance. My emotional resistance at its lowest, so it's always when I'm tired. So you get a bit vulnerable or a bit exposed or raw emotionally, and then you feel the need to be snappy and protective and put up a wall. I become. I, I lack the ability because my energy is low. I lack the ability to hold a higher energy that has me continually, consciously being aware of what's going on, and therefore that all goes by the wayside, and I default to a very old pattern of just reactionary having conversation and the buttons get pressed. Mm -hmm. So it does pop up from time to time. But I did spend my entire teenage years and 20s, I was right, always. And I would be right at the cost of everything. Every person in my life didn't matter. I had to be right. And let's sit in this energy for a minute and and look at it. So when somebody is being what we call pig-headed, really, and often there's facts presented, but they still choose ignorance or they still just choose their own way. How is Who's this? Is this the person? The person who has to be right. Who has to be right. The person okay, who has yes. to be right yep. um, is they are – what are they doing in that act, Jane? How would you word it? Are they protecting? Are they self-serving? Are they um, – is it – They're wanting to be of- validated. Yeah. It's quite simple, really, I think. It's actually wanting to be validated by others. Because there's ego in there too, I'm thinking. Totally. Like there's it's a, massive. I mean, it can be arrogant. It can be, I know better than you. I, it's superiority complex. I am better than you. I will listen to me or I shout louder than you. I talk over you. Your voice doesn't isn't important. Which, of course, if we go to our shadow side stuff, means what they're saying on the inside is, I'm worried my voice isn't important and what I think might not be right deep down. We'll go into shadow side in a minute. But... 
So when you're holding an energy of I have to be right, what are you communicating to the world? Mm. All of that. And it would be different in different scenarios and different for different people. However, one of the leading behaviours of having to be right is wanting to be seen, wanting to be heard, wanting to be acknowledged, Mm. acknowledged. And the confused mind is stating that want to be acknowledged by being agreed with. Yeah. Yeah. Wanting to be seen as unique, wanting to be seen as special, wanting to be seen as knowledgeable, wise, whatever it is that you're wanting to be right on. Um, Can I say on that note, it was really interesting when I saw um, Oprah's final episode that she ever um, filmed of her show after a quarter of a century of doing thousands and thousands and thousands of interviews with people from all walks of life, all ages, nations, you know, genders, cultures, everything. And she said that if she could boil down everything that she learned from from speaking to all these different people, it all came down to exactly the same thing. And it's just what Jane said. It's, do you see me? Do you hear me? Is my soul recognized? People just want to be seen. And, but, and that means, of course, we're not talking with the eyes. We're talking people need their souls to be validated. People need to know that they belong and that they're special and that they're worth something, that they have a right to be here. This is really fundamental core primal stuff, inclusion, you know, survival, it's love, it's acceptance, right? And as a result of that, we will take on whatever behaviour we need to take on to achieve that. And that takes many, many different forms. Absolutely. This is just one form of it, of being right. So do we want to move into what causes it? Well, we've touched on that now. We've said what, yeah. what causes it. But I'm looking at um, – It can all – sorry. I was going to say family too. Like I think it could be interesting um, to look at if you've ever had a parent who's really domineering. Like a, let's let's – Like me? It's <laughs> fine. I'm like, happy to use like that. Jane. No, well, I was going to take the stereotype of, you know, the father who sort of bangs the fist against the study desk and says, you will study law or that's not the way it's going to be in our family or, you know, those sort of really, I mean, this is an extreme uh, version because it's that possibly, you know, evangelical or just real rigidity when it comes to black and white type stuff. But there's much more subtle passive aggressive versions of it too as well, isn't there, uh, with people who might not direct the, the righteousness quite so uh, in your face, uh, but perhaps they're, de- they're still letting you know that they're holding the power. Because I think there's a bit of power play going on oh, here Oh, there's too. a lot of power play, yeah. lots. Particularly when we are wanting to be seen and validated and our gifts are not being honoured, respected, nurtured, embraced, yeah. but told that they're a fault. So do you think if you've had a really domineering parent, do you think that ends up that you end up domineering or that you go the other way? I think people can go either. People are going to go either, either way. Either. Yeah. So I came out as a fighter. But, but, uh, but did another. Did you have a dominating parent? Yes. Yeah. Both or one? Uh, well, both of my parents were very strong, very strong and beautiful. Like, you know, let's, let's not, <laughs> this isn't about bagging my parents. They're amazing people. However, there are traits that every family has uh, that are good and bad. And so I had a very high-achieving father um, and a very contemporary mother, but both of them it was their way or the highway. Um, and what did that teach you? What did you learn from that growing up subconsciously? I think that probably my biggest thing was that, and we've talked about this in other episodes, particularly the highly sensitive person one, was that what I now recognise as my greatest gift 
And I must have on a soul level really deeply intuitively have always known it was a gift, but it was something that I was told was wrong with me. You know, stop taking things so personally. You're a crybaby, um, toughen up, take a bucket of cement, all of that. Mm. Um, and so how my parents measured success in life is not how I ever measured it. And so I was never going to be validated because I wasn't following their path. Different criteria. Like they, their scorecard totally. was different to your scorecard. You're yes. never going to win. Yes, that's right. So I had to become a big bully to be heard. And who were you trying to get to hear you at that point in your life? Anyone and everyone? Probably my dad mainly. Did it? How did it work for you? Oh, yeah, well, <laughs> still not. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we can laugh about it here in this safe space, but yeah. Yeah, it's fascinating, isn't it? I mean, you know, my dad is still the one person in the entire world, no matter how much work I've done on our relationship, that can press my buttons in 2.5 seconds flat. Doesn't matter how I prepare coffee. In. <laughs> it's fascinating, isn't it? So my um, needing to be right came out in a really different form. It wasn't needing to be right. It was just that I had a bit of a superiority because I think so that's just the way it is type of a it was a complete ignorance and arrogance and it was when I was in my late teens and possibly early 20s where I'd been blessed to live a very sheltered life in a real bubble I mean I never was exposed to hardship I didn't have friends with hardship I didn't see anything like that went to a good school had a really nice upbringing you know you can't actually deeply empathize and have compassion for others in life and the paths that they're walking when you've actually just never experienced. I mean, they talk a lot about this in the concept of um, theta healing. Vianna Stabal in, in America who channeled the theta healing modality where she's she's trying to get people to clear out their junk and get up to states of bliss and joy and ecstasy. But the problem is sometimes there are genuinely people who say, but I've never felt joy or bliss. Like they, they just haven't in this lifetime. So how can they achieve those states when they don't actually know what they are? And for me, the flip side was, I think I was lacking quite a lot of compassion and empathy. Um, talk about bucket of cement. I was the one who was probably saying take the bucket of cement because I hadn't had any hardship in my life and I didn't know what it really takes to have to go through that. Now, I wasn't being callous or a bitch or deliberately awful about it. I was just oblivious and I was living in this little bubble where if someone ventured an opinion that was different because they'd had such rich, different worldly life experience, I just shot them down. It's like, well, that's just not true because in my experience it wasn't. And how many people are walking around Earth right now thinking that's not true or that's not the case or you're wrong because in my experience it's not that way. We all fucking out. Oh, I just said a really weird <laughs> word. Seventy-four We're episodes. Very just, relaxed here, and you drop the f bomb. Nobody heard that. And if there's children in the car, I didn't. I didn't say anything. No, but look, um, I mean, we are we are just sort of walking around with these bubbles on our heads, and we can only ever filter through reality in as much as, in as far as we know. As we become to be older and more evolved souls, we can have more um, – you can enter the space of empathy without having to actually walk in those people's shoes. You can look at the child starving in you know, the war-torn country and your heart can go out to them if, say, you've had your own child and you've felt a mother's love, for example. You don't have to have experienced starvation. But anyway, I'm just saying that, that I think another side of the have-to-be-rightness can often come from just pure uninformed well, it's ignorance, ignorance it? just lack of experience lack of education lack of knowledge in a particular subject matter uh or a particular pain a particular amount of emotions the i would like to question is 
the right to the right to be right is that part of youth is that part of the journey does everybody have to experience this at some point so elaborate that a bit more jane so is this where the only way that some can find out oh what am i trying to say i'm trying to say that deep within us is a knowing is a believing and that is constantly shifting and, and, you know, part of a big part of why we do this podcast is to help people to become more consciously aware about different topics or different scenarios so that they can have the contrast and they can then experience a different tomorrow. Is part of youth, therefore, the finding out of the contrast is only by, I've discovered this, I've read this, I know this is true, I'm going to now express this to give birth to somebody else saying, actually, that's not true. Because without that conversation, do we have no contrast? Right. So therefore, is it through these very conversations that, that young people will have that they start to go, hang on, why do I have to be right all the time? So that this is a almost a rites of passage that you must go through a period of your life where this is your primary leading energy yeah. so that you can have these conversations to come to the awakening of healing that part of you that is requiring the validation sure and i think in even even just in a lesser extent like when you look at the decade of your 20s provided you've had a fairly uninterrupted path into life by the time you get to your 20s that decade is usually reserved for pushing out in the world finding who you are you know identity forming responsibility, learning what you're capable of in, in, in the, for the first time really in the most adult sense you've ever had. You know, it's the decade of whether you're studying or you're, you're getting your apprenticeship or your certificates or your degrees and then you're going out in the workforce, you're hitting up against mentors, role models, bosses, colleagues and lots of other adults who've been out in the world for some time longer than you have and you are starting to hit up against, wow, the world is a place with a lot of different people and a lot of different opinions and a lot of different things that often seem showy and impressive and more dominant than me. Who am I in amongst all of this? I mean, when I was younger and I was working in magazines, I just remember feeling so green all the time. And people used to comment, they'd say, you're so naive or, oh, you're, you're, you know, callow, callow youth. Like, it's that whole, um, you're, you're still in a process of coming, groping your way out of the lichen covered forest and being formed and, and having some layers torn off you and bumping up against some corners and, you know, toughening up a little bit and, you know, what is it? Some layers and some skins and some armor. And that starts to happen, I think, in your twenties. So, absolutely you're going to be shot down lots of times or you're going to find yourself in verbal disputes or just belief disagreements you know you like the episode we did the other week about the girl the catholic and the jew you might find yourself falling in love with someone who holds a different paradigm to you and and that's going to happen your children may be growing up and saying guess what mum? i want to be a practicing pagan and no part of your anglican soul is happy with that <laughs> <laughs> like you know this this is going to keep happening so I feel though, like, and so yes, that's what I, I wanted to explore was is this sort of a rite of passage almost, but there is the other people of which I fell into, which had to be right. That was almost my socializing style. I'm going to find something to be right about tonight. <laughs> and I was a pain in the ass and it was hard work. Um, this is what really does need to be healed is that. It does have to be recognized. Why is this so important? Now, for me, it was about proving my intelligence. I knew that I was highly intelligent, but because I'd not chosen to go down the academic path of my third generation, three generations of family, 
I wasn't respected as being intelligent. And so there started my journey into proving that I am. You were a dancer, not a politician. And yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And so and you know, and I used to I've always been a very big non fiction reader. I had a lot of really cool stuff to share. But I was almost deliberately doing that to find a point of difference to prove that I am intelligent by whatever mainstream methods is being measured in the eighties. Um, and please notice this about me and please acknowledge this about me. So what was that? Because I wasn't even loving my own intelligence. I wasn't even validating who I was. I wasn't self-loving. Yeah. Um, but I also was giving my power away. And so when we choose that we are going to go into battle to be right about something, we are actually handing our power to another to actually, whether they agree or disagree, they hold the cards. You are weakening yourself yes. immediately. Yes. Yes. So with that wisdom comes choose your battles and only choose to be right if it is right. Or a better way to say it is only choose to educate those around you uh, what it is that you feel you have the wisdom to know is correct to those that actually matter. All you need to do is just be yourself. You know, and I think we talked about this a couple of podcasts ago where sometimes just being who you are is enough education because if people want to know more they'll ask you know i think we, i think we did it we did a really good podcast on uh, something about differences about um it, yeah it wasn't listen to us wasn't it the one where we're talking about what happens if you've got if you've got a really different belief to everyone else around yes, you yes that's right i forget what that minority was something about minority you all know what we're talking about but in that one we talked about yeah sometimes the best education is like you gave the example of of, of your friend that was a great example who was the who had chosen to not drink alcohol that's right and when somebody said oh how come you don't drink and he said would you like the short answer or well, no actually he did say that he said uh if you really want to know the answer to that, I have to share that it is a very lengthy answer. It wasn't a decision that I came to lightly. Did you really want to know or were you just being very polite, making conversation? Yeah. Because the answer is long-winded. Yeah. And often when we're wanting to be right, we're trying to summarize radical thought processes into 25 words or less, which actually leaves yourself wide open for ridicule. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then with the ridicule comes the attention and with the attention comes the platform and with the platform comes the ability to be able to keep going at trying to be right with a bigger audience validation Absolutely. more validation i'm thinking at this juncture as well of the vipassana um 10-day meditation retreat that i know you can go do in the blue mountains and in other places uh, in australia around the world the idea being that you go somewhere and for 10 days you do not talk you do not open your mouth for 10 days now that is <laughs> Look at me with my overactive throat chakra. For someone like me that I haven't done it, it would probably be the biggest, most confronting thing for someone like me to do. But I'm thinking you could maybe wheel out a mini version of it in your own life. Now, I know it's it's not exactly practical for me to say, why don't you go somewhere social and for a whole evening not talk? But what I'm kind of saying is, why don't you go somewhere social? If you're the kind of person that always have to be right, why don't you go somewhere social for an evening and just listen? I made that my New Year's resolution quite a few years ago was to listen more, talk less, and like you, I'm a bit of a chatter. And bite your tongue and just resist the impulse to have to put your two cents in or have to bite back or have to – and just listen. Even if what the person's saying is driving you crazy on the inside, just try and take a higher spiritual road, step back. It was hard. And look at them and say, 
I just acknowledge you as a soul and I'm witnessing. I'm just witnessing what's happening in front of my eyes, how it's unfolding. I don't need to have a comment. I don't need to get involved. You know, energetically, you step back out of it and you just watch it. Well, I also found that I like to control the topics of conversation. Did you now, Janie? Mm, through this little <laughs> exercise. Yes, I did. And I realized that when I didn't, when I sat back and listened more um, and spoke less, that many of the conversations were so boring, I didn't want to be a part of them. So you were going in to shake them up. What you, what you had been doing was what trying to go and add some fire or yeah, still being, controversy? Yeah, exactly. Because totally. what was the hit that you got off of that? I don't know. Getting noticed or attention? Probably. Or... <laughs> it's fascinating. What else did you learn by being more silent? Part of that, no, I have to say part of that, though, is actually that I am passionate about what I'm passionate about. And what I learned from it was more to pick your audience. Yeah. You know, that those that want to know will ask and those that don't won't. Yes. It was very interesting to realize how few didn't ask. And channel That's what passions. I learned. It was appropriately good. because if you if you're trying to if you're not channeling your passions appropriately you're being drained you're being emotionally energetically spiritually physically drained by constantly fighting Correct. these battles with people who don't care Correct. who you'll That's never right. see again and there's your whole night wasted and what did you learn nothing you just dug yourself deeper into the sand put your heels in deeper it's exhaustive yes no you just made up a word did i i think it's i, I like exhausting <laughs> I think you've probably got a whole encyclopedia now on words I make up. I love your words. I like combining two words into one. Yeah, that's all right. Let's be. Creative, I know what I'm talking about. Creative brain. That's it. Yeah, right brain's all talking now. Yeah. Uh, I found that it was very interesting who really I had a deep connection with. There was a soul connection. Yeah. Versus who was I just being polite and hanging out with? Once you. Once I silenced. Yeah. It was a wonderful experience. It's one I highly recommend people go through. Yeah. The other thing I found I had to do was breathe because what happens when you're a talker or when you are projecting your energy onto others is that somebody will say something and then you've got something to say back to them. Politeness dictates that you let them finish what they're saying unless you are rude and you talk over the top of them. Um, and so what happens then is you actually hold your breath because when you hold your breath, you're holding that thought. And when you do that, you actually stop listening. And so I'll often notice that with coaching clients and I'll actually say, breathe, and they don't want to. But I want it, just breathe, and then I'm going to finish the point. Wow. It's interesting. Powerful, huh? It's interesting. It's when they're wanting to hang on to a victim story instead of taking on new information. They start holding their breath. So um, what I encourage is to really listen more and relax with no body. agenda, yeah, relax your body. While you're listening. Breathe, breathe. Loosen your as, jaw, soften your throat, yes. loosen your tongue. As that thought comes into your mind of, I need to tell them this, actually let it go because if you really do need to tell them this, this thought will actually come back at the right time for you to tell them. Otherwise, just let it go. Yeah. Something better will come along for you to contribute to that conversation. Um, the other choice I want to just touch on here is about do you want to be right? I want to or add in is, or do you want to be happy? Because it is a choice. And while I guess I came to this thing when, you know, people were, friendships were breaking down. I was coming home from social occasions and I was really unhappy. I'd wake up the next morning thinking, replaying conversations. It was, it was a tournament going on inside my body. It was horrible. And I thought, this isn't fun. 
I don't want to do this. This isn't working. And I could blame everybody else or I could look at me. And so I chose in that moment that wanting to be right was not working for me. And it was time for me to want to be happy. Yeah. And they can't and be the same thing? No. Because? One is requiring validation. Self-love. And the other is just being. Happy is just being. Yeah. So it's, 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 you know, all of the podcasts we talk about getting into the now moment. Um, where is your compassion, your empathy, your kindness, your, your lack of judgment, your, your acceptance? Mm. You know, it's just, just being is the happiness. Yeah. And of course, I don't think there's too many people that sustain life all the time like that. But if you can do it in the majority of the time, then you're winning. Just need to just practice, set yourself some homework and just go out and be really consciously aware of yourself in some public situations. Just re- Or even just on a one-on-one conversation with somebody. Just be a real watchdog of your own behaviour. And that's why the listening is a good idea. Just sit back and just observe yourself and the dynamics, the interplay of the energies. See what comes up in your body. If someone starts to say something, immediately you might find yourself getting tense or something comes up in your throat and, like Jane said, you're busting to, to speak or to say something and maybe there's a tenseness or a nervous anxiety in your chest or your heart. Just observe it and then, like Jane said, breathe, relax, drop your shoulders. Don't say it. Let the moment pass and keep listening, witnessing the other person have their moment and just start to play with the energies uh, of the discourse in, in these ways. I would also, you know, this beautiful listener is young. I'm going to share wisdom that just about every mother knows. Choose your battles. <laughs> yes. You know, any any person who's ever had a toddler in their life mm-hmm. knows that you choose your battles, and it's probably exactly the same with teenagers as well, with children of all ages, is choose what's important. Yeah. So instead of having to be right all the time, just think what is it that's really important to be heard on? I'd like to change the word from right, to be heard respectfully on. And so for me, instead of it being, you know, if, if somebody said the sky was blue, I'd say, no, it was green with orange stripes. doesn't matter. But if somebody wanted to know about, um, oh, we did a podcast a few weeks ago about uh, gay, lesbian, transgender, um, bisexual community. You know, if somebody said, oh, uh, you know, they should, I, I'm against gay marriage. Well, that is something that I would choose to want to not be right, but I would choose to want to share my views. Take the opportunity to educate. And ed- that's right. Take mm. the opportunity to educate where my thought processes come from. But I'm also not making that other person wrong. I would dearly love them to shift their belief, but mm. they would dearly love me to shift mine. If you can if you can present the information, and this is the same thing we said in the podcast about what if you hold a really different belief to most of the population. If you can present, when the time comes around that it's your turn to talk or to share, if you can present it in a really neutral way, you've won half the battle because there's no charge. There's no, I have to fight or win. You're not attracting in trolls or people who are going to come slamming it. You're just saying, this is the way it is. I've made my peace with it. That's just how it is. Um, I really think all this boils down to insecurity as well. I think that's a really key word is, is if you need to be right all the time, you're deeply insecure is what that is. And yes, that's self-love. It's lack of all sorts of things. But um, I think I'd also recommend that you go Which back- Which can I just add mm-hmm. in and say, is the vast majority of the population. Yeah. So do not feel isolated alone or that you have failed in any way, shape or form, if you identify with the word insecure. Everyone's insecure. Most people are insecure. And it's funny because the people who come across often with the most bravado, arrogance, flashy public speaking or, or, or even just the most powerful dominance are usually the ones that are the most insecure because they've had to ham it up. They've had to make up for it more on the other end of the spectrum to counterbalance how deeply their insecurity runs deep inside. 
But anyway, most of us sit somewhere on the healthy spectrum in the middle of where we've got our insecurities and, and we might, like Jane said right at the start of the podcast, we've all got different methods for handling them and for covering them up and trying to present to the world as, as strongly and best we can. Um, I would point people back to our shadow side episode for this as well because I think a simple pen and paper, if you sit down and think of the people in your life who maybe you've had some recent run-ins with, with needing to be right, if you write down with a pen and paper all the things about that that really made you feel whatever the words is, I felt da 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 da, da the emotion I was feeling, this person makes me feel da da da, da. write all that down and then own it. Because again, these are all the parts in yourself that are totally unhealed. It's really, again, that person's just a trigger, they're just a mirror, they're just showing you the parts deep inside yourself that you are not comfortable with, that you have not made peace with. Beautiful. By believing in myself, I release others from having to agree with me. Thank you for joining us on the Love Life Couch every Wednesday. Our free half-hour podcast goes up on the wellnesscouch.com or iTunes where we have been top 10. It's a little bit exciting. We seem to consistently keep ranking in the We have been top 10. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll just throw that in there. But if any of you like any... So thank you. Thank you to everyone for listening and downloading it and sharing it with your friends. We're very grateful. It's it's wonderful. And Jane and I love to help you all individually because obviously, look, we answer some questions on some podcasts, but some of you have really deep running stories and really deep running blocks, fears and issues. And Jane and I individually are always available for counselling. So I'm at RebeccaDetman.com. And I'm at janedonovan.com.au. You can find us on Facebook as well. Yes, which is love-life. Uh, sorry, no, it's not. It's love-life show, one word. Sorry. She just made that up. She got distracted. No, love-life is what we Google on iTunes. Yes. That's where the two are separated. Yes. And we love getting your stories. And you can also befriend us individually on Facebook as well. So until next week, lots and lots of self-love. Do lots of listening. Take a step back. Breathe. Release. Life is perfect, I'm not trying, it's just happening.